more discussion on the Mormons' leadership that make an effort to deceive and protect to protect their polygamy next on polygamy. What love is this? A few weeks ago, we began a discussion from the mormonthink.com website entitled List of Deceptions to Protect the Practice of Polygamy. I think mm -hmm. we did a couple of shows yeah, already do. about that. The link's on the screen if you want to go there and read the entire article yourself. It's a big article. There are over 100 points that the author makes mm. in his list of deceptions that Mormon leadership use to protect their polygamy. Now, this is the main, mainline church, the, the leaders of that time of, of the mainline church. And through the years of producing our program, Polygamy, What Love Is This?, we no doubt have discussed many of these deceptions sure. already. But we, uh, we don't want to be redundant, but at the same time, we want our newer viewers to sure. be informed of what we're talking about. And I think in a different format, it helps bring up those issues. And Remembering, the, bring to yeah, remembrance, I sure. think is important too, sure. yes. So... Uh, we want our, our viewers also to be able to test what they believe and why they believe it because our eternity is dependent on what we believe and what we do with it. If we believe something like polygamy or like doctrine that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches, our eternity will be one of grief and pain, regret and darkness. Now, they teach commandments made by men and have laid aside the commandments of God. The many Mormon factions do not believe what Jesus himself taught. So with our co-host, Sterl, thanks again for, <laughs> for coming pleasure. and helping out here. We continue our discussion of those deceptions from MormonThing.com website with number 42. <laughs> Half, about halfway there, aren't we? Yeah. Joseph's polygamous activities were unknown to the vast majority of the saints in Nauvoo because of his public and private prevarications. He publicly denied that he practiced plural marriage, showing the ability to consciously mislead his devoted followers without remorse. This is taken from Mormon Enigma, page 147, and Mormon Polygamy, pages 22 and 21, or 20 and 21. When Joseph was confronted about being married to other wives in Nauvoo, he protested, What a thing it is for a man to be accused of committing adultery and having seven wives when I can only find one. In fact, he was sealed to dozens of women at the time from the <laughs> Solomon, Solemn Covenant, page 365. Now, it's, it's interesting that he would deny it, and, and I, I often wonder what goes on in their heads because they know. Knowing, they knowing. should know God knows they're lying, yeah. you know, and so what goes on in their head? I don't, I don't know. I don't think he had any fear of God. I don't either. I don't either. I don't think he did at all. I don't think a lot of the leadership in Mormonism or the Mormon Maybe polygamy groups do either. Still don't. One year I was at the Manti Mormon pageant, which they don't do anymore, right. I think, because too much biblical truth was being shared uh, <laughs> with the crowds. But the narrator came over the PA system and warned the Mormon attendees not to take pamphlets from visitors right. uh, who had come to share what he called false information. He said, quote, the LDS church has always provided, protected, and embraced truth. That so don't so take their statements. 
don't take their pamphlets. But that was a lie. What he said was a lie. The foundation of Joseph Smith's religion began and flourished on lies, deceptions, and prevarications. And the last quote is just an example. Joseph Smith's polygamous activities were rumored and denied. His extramarital activities were numerous, yet privately he claimed they were from God. Even though God's ways are higher than ours, we know that a holy God does not condone the sexual activity he was involved with and uh, denied. And, and the Book of Mormon says all liars are going to be thrust to hell. And Joseph Smith wrote the Book of Mormon. Right. <laughs> Actually, the quote indicates that most Mormon did not, most Mormon, main member Mormons, did not know of Joseph Smith's polygamy right. uh, because it was so secret. So they denied it when they were asked about it. But then he denied it, too. Now, for over a hundred years, the leaders have known about uh, Smith's odd polygamous unions, but they denied it as well. Uh, then they finally admitted it publicly and posted explanatory essays on their website. But those essays were filled with prevarications <laughs> and half-truths. So they're still lying about some of the details of Joseph Smith's polygamy. Yeah. All during those years, these people tried to expose uh, the, who were trying to expose it were called anti-Mormon liars, deceivers, and were consigned to the depths of hell. Now it's been exposed. Smith, the, 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 Smith was a polygamist. Mm -hmm. He did take already married women for plural wives. He did take two 14-year-old girls as plural wives. He did lie about it at the same time claim God told him to. So that's all in <laughs> number 42. So let's go on to number 44. <laughs> Good point, though. <laughs> All right. Joseph privately told William Clayton to keep a particular plural wife knowing, I'm sorry, the wording here, to keep a particular plural wife knowing that the membership would be troubled about it if they found out since most of the saints believed Joseph's repeated denials about polygamy. Joseph cautioned Clayton that if they raise trouble about it and bring you before me, I will give you an awful scourging and probably cut you off from the church, and then I will baptize you and set you ahead as good as ever. This is from an intimate chronicle, page 122. Members of the church are unaware that fake church discipline and excommunication were effective methods of deception used to shape public perception and maintain control of the flock. Yeah, isn't that something? That's very deceptive, <laughs> isn't, isn't that it? Isn't that something? It is. I'll, I'll ex excommunicate you and then put you in just as yeah, good as and ever. And bring you back. Yeah. One person commented on the strange polygamist history of Joseph Smith and other polygamous Mormons said that the LDS church became like a machine. There's no <laughs> stopping it. And after someone realizes that he's in it too deeply, he either toes the line or loses his livelihood, his family, his career, and buckles under the huge pressure from those who keep that huge machine well-oiled. It was like that then. It has become an even larger, more powerful, and dangerous machine today. And the polygamy groups are part of that huge Mormon machine. Even Utah politics yeah, uh, are true. bowed down to normalizing the polygamous culture. And taxpayers foot the bill. They pay for those huge polygamous families and all the schemes they had perpetrated to fleece government funds, which in reality are taxpayer funds. <laughs> the next point on the list also concerns yes. William Clayton. Number 45. Official Mormon histories fail to inform readers of the competition to get as many plural wives as one could. William Clayton, secretary to Joseph Smith, wrote on August 11, 1843, that with regard to marrying additional wives, Joseph told him, 
you have a right to get all you can. Mm -hmm. Again, from Intimate Chronicle, page 115. Those who accuse Smith of treating women like chattel use this incident as evidence. Other examples exist in the speeches of Brigham Young and Heber C. Kimball made after the saints migrated to the West. And that's true. You know, Heber, yeah. or Heber Kimball said, he's the one who said, I think no more of taking another wife than mm -hmm. buying a cow. Yeah. That's, that's equal to chattel there, sad? isn't it? It yeah. is. It's bad. Now, there, there are various attempts endeavoring to make Joseph's mischaracter holy and harmless and squeaky clean. And in those attempts, Mormon history has been tweaked and changed and charges not in evidence have been made, placing the blame on others. Some of those where blame shifting has been uh, laid on, on William Clayton <laughs> and right. Brigham Young and William Law, charging that they changed history to make Joseph Smith the villain when it was really themselves who were guilty. But historical sources just cannot support those claims. There is no way that people could find and change the information in every journal, in every news article, right. <laughs> in every biography, every personal diary. It's impossible. And the weight of evidence is conclusive and confirms that Joseph Smith was a polygamist, he urged others into spiritual wifery, he lied about it, and all his close confidants knew about it. Now, point 46 discusses Joseph's lies to his wife, Emma, yeah. which somebody, some people consider as being the worst of all yeah. um, regarding his uh, traditional marriage and the secret he wanted the blessings of Abraham, which he taught was, was polygamy. Yeah. Number 47. All right. In August of 1843, Emma discovered that 16-year-old Flora Woodworth was carrying a gold watch that Joseph had given her. Emma realized the implications and demanded that Flora give the watch back. Smith reprimanded her, but Emma refused to be quiet in the carriage ride home. William Clayton said that Joseph had to employ harsh measures to stop her complaining, also from Mormon Enigma, page 159. It also raises the question of whether or not Joseph used both physical force and lies to avoid divorce, from an intimate chronicle, page 118. Now, I haven't read a whole lot about no, physical force that no, Joseph Smith may or may not have used. Never seen um, accused of that. But we do but know about the lies sure. <laughs> that he spread about his polygamy, especially to Emma. If his polygamy was made public... Yeah. Emma would likely divorce him. His stature of prophet was at risk. His new religion would fall apart, and he would be totally embarrassed and discredited, and that wasn't in Joseph Smith's <laughs> plans. So confidentiality was imperative. Sure. Wouldn't that be shocking to see some other woman carrying a gift that your husband had given to you, yeah. or that you had given to your husband? That's right. And, and that's basically the foundation of Mormonism is laid in these very incidents that we're talking about. Yes. But God tells us there's only one foundation. It's already been laid, and no one can lay another one or change the one that's been laid. And we quote, we quote what the Bible says about that. From 1 Corinthians 3.11, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And of course, we've used this quote before. Right. We'll probably use it again. It's so good because yeah. you can't lay any other foundation. Nothing else counts but Jesus. According to Joseph Smith's claims, that foundation, which is Jesus, was lost, yeah. corrupted, and vanished from the planet. So God gave Joseph Smith the job of restoring what, obviously, to them, Jesus himself was unable to do. But their foundation is a different Jesus and the devil's brother, a Jesus who they say was a polygamist. That's right. 
Just because someone claims to have had visions and spiritual experiences and say God made them to be a prophet doesn't mean what they're claiming is true. All claims must be measured against the Bible. That's the only measurement God has given us for truth. So we can either believe Jesus or Joseph, but both cannot be true because God promises that both uh, God's promises can't be both true and false at the same time. For sure. And Matthew 16, 18 says, And I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And from Ephesians three twenty one, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So how could it have been lost? <laughs> That's right. Either God's a liar or Jesus is inept can't keep his promises or doesn't want to keep them. And all generations, throughout all generations, means that his true church was never lost. And the gates of hell or corruption of any kind did not and will not prevail against the church that Jesus built and is building. That would have been kind of embarrassing in the sacred grove, wouldn't it? Yeah. Where yeah. Jesus... Or Joseph Smith being told to restore the church that Jesus couldn't. Somebody asked that question. Do you think Jesus was embarrassed when he <laughs> yeah. came, told Joseph to do what he couldn't oh, do? I couldn't do it, so <laughs> give it to you, Joseph. Oh, I'm telling you. Anyway, this is point 49, yeah. okay? <laughs> Official Mormon histories, though aware of the marital arrangements, withheld information about Joseph's polygamous marriages. Namely, that nearly a dozen of his first polygamous wives were legally married to other men at the time of their marriage to Joseph. This is called polyandry. Church instructional man manuals often portray early church leaders as monogamists and refuse to disclose their penchant, penchant for deception. Okay, and they do. I've seen them write articles about yeah. Brigham Young, and they say his wife. You know, and and, and the, uh, which one? You know, they had 56 yeah. of them. So, but they're not clear on things not, like that. Totally accurate. Yeah. On October 22nd of 2014, the LDS Church finally admitted to Joseph Smith's prodigious polygamy. And they didn't disclose the whole truth, disclose the whole truth because of historical evidence and no doubt uh, outside pressure. Sure. They had to come clean with at least admitting the polygamy. And uh, and they finally admitted that he married 14-year-old girls, even though they said, well, she was almost 15. You know how they do that. <laughs> and that he helped himself to plural wives of women who were already legally married to other men. They finally admitted to their own prophet's sordid history. Troubling, however, is in the telling of the events. They adjusted them and used clever wording to justify Joseph Smith's polygamy, and they continued to claim it was a commandment from God and was a holy principle. I know. Even though members of the LDS Church and polygamy groups justify and defend Joseph Smith, there's no divine defense. There's no possible justification for Joseph Smith or any of the deceit of the LDS and Mormon fundamentalist behavior. We always want to remind our polygamous and our LDS viewers, your eternity is more valuable than Joseph Smith's reputation. It's more valuable than husband sharing. You are responsible for what you do with what God has revealed for, to us in the Bible. And to reject them is to reject God, is to reject Jesus and his redemption and to reject the only way for eternal life. I like these three scriptures from John. Yeah. John 4.24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. 
from John 8:45, but because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. In John 18:37, for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And they reject so much of what he said. Yeah. And this is a very telling verse. It's a good verse. Rejection of God's revealed truth is proving yourself unworthy of God's redemption. From Acts 13, 46. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first, since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. That's it. They, yeah. they themselves, rejecting God's word, are showing they don't think that they're worthy for eternal life. Of course, it's God who makes us worthy, and you have to believe God in order to get worthy, right? That's right. So it has eternal consequences. Your eternity depends on what you do with what Jesus said, yet Mormonism rejects what Jesus taught and replaces it with their own traditions. The next point on the list is number 51. Mm-hmm. And, is, of course, we're skipping some of these sure. points. Some of them are redundant, and some of them are just more interesting than others. And and this point is close to the hearts of many people who have fled the polygamous culture. Official Mormon histories have portrayed plural marriages as being as normal and as affectionate as monogamous marriages. Some may have been, however, Zena Diantha Huntington, when interviewed by a journalist from the New York World in 1869, drew a distinction between romantic love and plural marriage. Commenting on women who were unhappy in their polygamous marriages, she said they expect too much attention from the husband and become sullen and morose. She insisted that the successful polygamous wife must regard her husband with indifference and with no other feeling than that of reverence. For love we regard as a false sentiment, a feeling which should have no existence in polygamy. My goodness. Lucy Walker, who had been sealed to for time to Heber C. Kimball after the death of Joseph Smith said, There was not any love in the union between myself and Kimball, and it is my business entirely whether there was any courtship or not. It was the principle of plural marriage that we were trying to establish, a great and glorious true principle. Hmm. From In Sacred Loneliness, page 108. That's sad. Yep. That's sad because God tells us we're to love. Doesn't he talk about love? He is love. To be in a marriage or a situation where there's no love, but you're just practicing plural marriage for the principle itself. For the principle of it. It's it's all wrong. It's not God. It doesn't come from a God of love. And, And the only reason that plural wives call it a great and glorious principle was because they were programmed and threatened that their celestial glory depended upon their submission to polygamy. It's the same today. Other than that fact, most plural wives, both then and now, despise it. They believe it's required because that's what Joseph Smith said God said. But they hate the fact that it's required and they have to share their husband with other women. And we've talked with innumerable ladies who believe Mormonism and have read ancestral journals of plural wives claiming that they said in their journals that it was a happy, fulfilling, joyous, humbling, and necessary lifestyle. But historical sermons by polygamous men and writers like Orson Pratt, Brigham Young, others have revealed that their plural wives were unhappy and complaining wives and mothers. And we've quoted Brigham Young many times. (laughs) Now, both can't be true. 
you need to remember that plural wives in early Mormonism were required to keep their mouths shut about their negative experience, and that's pretty much true today. We've quoted in the distant past some of the remarks that polygamist women made in the early days, but this is relevant, so we'll quote a couple more again. <laughs> Mary Ann Angel Young, Brigham Young's second wife, was a patient, uncomplaining woman, but even she reportedly remarked to a friend, God will be very cruel if he does not give us poor women adequate compensation for the trials we have endured in polygamy. Yeah. <laughs> and a second one, this is from a man, plural marriage is calculated in its nature to severely try the women, even to nearly tear their heartstrings out of them. Now this was from a man. Yeah. Yeah. And one last one, I think, mm -hmm. from Fanny Stenhouse, another first wife of the one of one of the Mormon authorities told me how her husband whipped her because she would not consent to his stripping their home of everything that was either useful or handsome in order to furnish a house for his second wife. Finally, he shut her up while he took her entire parlor furniture away. She was a fragile little woman, perfectly helpless when in the power of a strong man, and therefore was forced to submit as there was no appeal to law in Utah. The law was That's polygamous sad. law. It's so sad. But there was a lot of horrible things like that happened in pioneer early Mormon polygamy. So in order to decorate a, another home for a second wife, mm -hmm. she took, and probably a younger took wife, from, yeah. took from the first one. And took from the first. Yeah. And there's literally hundreds of accounts like this, yeah. uh, the cruelty of polygamy. You can read the books. Um, and they were said they suffered both emotionally and physically. Mm. Point number 52 is very interesting. Yes, Joseph lied about lying <laughs> when the expositor was published in Nauvoo accusing him of lying. During the city council debate over some allegations made in the expositor, Joseph declared that he had not kept the doctrine of polygamy secret, but had taught it openly. This was patently false. William Clayton recorded that Emma Smith told him it was the secret things which had cost Joseph and Hiram their lives. Again, from Solemn Covenant, page 367. Joseph's inability to spin so many yarns at one time eventually cost him his life. And, you know, spinning him like that, pretty soon you're going to bump into yourself and <laughs> contradictory Can't statements. Keep all the balls up in the air, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so when, when lies are covered up by more lies, and, and then those are layered even under more lies, it gets confusing. Something's got to give. Yeah. And that's what today's Mormon church is faced with, actually. Each leader, whether it's in the LDS or or polygamy group will preach opposing doctrine from previous leaders because they simply can't keep track of what every odd doctrine that every leader has taught. Members generally can't detect the difference. Few of them even recognize the contradictions. Or they call it, what, progressive revelation? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> For that reason, one of the LDS leaders told members a few years ago to doubt their doubts which rippled through all of Mormonism and is just more gaslighting and bad advice from those who lie to protect the fact that the leaders weren't honest. Yeah. That's what Joseph Smith did many times over. Jesus told us that the father of lies is the devil, and it's easy to take that truth to its final conclusion yeah. regarding all the deceit in Mormonism. Now we're going to skip to number 54, which also deals with their lies. Lying became such an integral practice with the Latter-day Saints 
Church leaders instructed members how to lie about polygamy according to the testimony of members given under oath. Solemn Covenant, page 365. Precisely what they did with us as we were growing up. Taught exactly. You how to lie. Taught us how to lie about what, polygamy. What not to say. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. What to say and what not to say. And all my church, all my school records had lies about who my father was and what his name was and what he did. And, and they were all lies. Because you couldn't even use his. Couldn't use my real father's. Right. So you just make up a. Made, a, made up a dad. Yep. Made oh, up yeah. a dad. Um, now, this quote references from a great book about Mormon polygamy in the early days entitled Solemn Covenant. And if anyone's interested in the topic, uh, you can read the book. It's by B. Carmen Hardy. It's a very good book that mm. talks about a lot of the marriages that took place after the manifesto. Oh. Uh, but in that book is an appendix one is entitled Lying for the Lord, an essay. It's well worth the read, uh, and it will dispel the myths that surrounded their claims of being honest, true, and a holy religious organization. He also has all the references and the sources and the footnotes. We quote one small portion of this chapter regarding Mormonism hiding their secret rituals. Despite its declarations, Mormonism has always, we think, inclined westward in one way or another in surprisingly large amount of its rituals and doings. The degree to which its revealments were connected with the occult in early America has been recently noticed. Ceremonies associated with the endowment in Mormon temples have long been hidden and oath-protected. Council of 50 gatherings were conducted in strict privacy. In the 19th century, men were chastised for publicly discussing what occurred in priesthood meetings, and early on were told that there were things best kept even from their wives. Secret ceremonies were involved, and initiates were told not to reveal what was said. Deliberations and accounts by the church's highest leaders remain unavailable to the public to the present day. Something be interesting to get a hold of some of those documents, yeah, that'd be wouldn't it? Pretty fascinating. And and I see all this, and we talk a lot about the lying in in Mormonism, uh, and, and and it's a big deal because you're not supposed to lie. Any any religion will teach you not to lie. The Ten well, Commandments says not to bear false witness. That's true. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of not saying something, which is as bad as lying. Mm -hmm. Because then the membership, and I know this from personal experience, they're just things you don't know. Mm -hmm. and you're not told. You're not exposed to it. So you don't even have an opportunity to think about it right. or to evaluate right. it in, in your uh, mm -hmm theology or whatever you call it and uh, it's very deceptive it is very deceptive and we talk with people we talk with people in the LDS church as well as polygamy groups and they cannot conceive of the idea that their leaders are lying to them and yet it's based on lies it's all lies and they know it the leaders the top leaders at yeah. least know that it is yeah, well, it, and even things like the Book of Abraham and yeah. the translating they know of it's that, not true. they know that they know it. That, that Joseph Smith was sitting there writing a book, and he knows that it's it's no. Yeah, he just, just did, making didn't things have up any fear of anybody or, or God or anything, and just thought, well, it'll never come to light. We'll never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately, we we and, do know now. Yeah, praise God, he's brought all that out. Yeah. And 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 amazingly enough, Jesus never taught anything in secret. That's right there in the Bible. So true? why do they? Why do they yeah. do all these secret things? Jesus didn't, and they said they follow him. Yeah, obviously they don't. Yeah. Thanks, Earl.
Thanks My pleasure. Very much. Thank you. You know, Acts 17.23 says, You are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And that's true of most of Mormonism. The leaders know they're gaslighting the members, but the members don't know it. Those who've been brainwashed don't know that they've been brainwashed. The Bible tells us about a different Jesus than Mormonism does, and a different gospel, a different God, and even a different devil. Members of Mormonism's different groups are ignorant of the very thing they worship. Jesus is God the Son. Jesus is God the Savior. He's God the Redeemer. Jesus promised that His Word, His Church, His Gospel, and His Redemption would endure throughout all generations. If you embrace a restored Gospel, you're ignorant of the very thing you worship. Jesus said, God's Word is truth. So pick up your Bible and read it. The Gospel of John is a good place to start, and you'll never find any place in all of the Bible where God said it's okay to live polygamy. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.